welcome in. This is The Round Pen. This is episode four. I've got uh, Tyler Crawford here with me. And uh, this is going to be the podcast for the end of September. We're actually shooting this on our anniversary Sunday uh, between events here at our church and uh, brought Tyler on. We're going to dive into some pretty good stuff. Before we do, though, I want to introduce Tyler. Tyler's been going to church here probably longer than I have. We've been here since 2013. I think it was around 2013 or 2014 when we came okay so and and tyler has come up uh through the herd and uh our top hand ministry which we're going to talk about here in just a little bit uh and now tyler is uh going to be on staff with us or is on staff with us and is going to be located at thousand hills south so what's your title going to be down there like titles mean a whole lot but yeah (laughs) what's your title going to be down there? it's going to be uh associate campus pastor okay associate campus pastor and i'll be leading worship down there most of the time down there as well so uh good deal thousand hills south uh you're going to hear us talk about that a lot going Mm -hmm. forward and coming up uh january 8th is going to be the first service down there there's going to be lots of uh events and things going on down there between now and then so uh glad that tyler is here with us today uh, we're going to get into what we really wanted to talk about, and uh, me and Tyler have been actually going back and forth on this for some time now, even from the time we started talking about uh, the idea of a podcast. Uh, Tyler was actually one of the guys that came and said, hey, why don't we start a podcast for mm-hmm. our church? And it kind of came out of that. So uh, you're an avid podcast listener yourself. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, get, I get a lot of them. Lots of podcasts. But what we really want to talk about, we want to talk about youth and um, our youth group here at our church, if you want to call it that, we call it the herd. Mm -hmm. Um, Our youth group here at our church, we do things a little bit differently than your traditional uh, youth group that you see primarily in the the States, uh, more so than anywhere else. But we do things a little bit different and we want to start today talking about some statistics. Okay. In 2019, Lifeway Research did a study of 18 to 25-year-olds, I believe. I've got it pulled up here in front of me. Um, 18 to 22-year-olds that left the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, They did this study in 2017. I think I may have said 2019, but 2017, and they did it back in 2007 as well. The good news is that the numbers are a little bit better in 2017 than they were in 2007. But uh, 66% of teens, uh, 18 to 22 in 2017, said that they left the church for at least a year after graduating from high school. And only a few percentage of those came back to the church uh, years later. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this was a gap that we were seeing within our church. 2007, that number was 70% of the teens that were from 18 to 22 said that they left the church. Um, We were seeing a lot of those same numbers here in our church um, there for a while. And and we don't live in a college town. Mm -hmm. And so uh, retention of kids that move off to college is difficult uh, for our church. If they're moving away, you know, there's nothing that we can do about that. And I don't fault kids for moving away or I say kids, young adults, from moving away and going to college, uh, that's not uh, something that I fault them for. Uh, if, if that's what they need to do to achieve what it is that 
they need to achieve in life. I understand that. But right. uh, what what we were seeing was kids that were staying local mm-hmm. that weren't yeah. uh, coming back to church. You know, they were leaving the church for whatever reason. And talking to some of those, uh, what we found was was that they didn't feel like they had a place where they belonged or where they fit in. Right. For and sure. so just before we dive into it any further, thinking about it this way, our church is set up where we don't meet communally on Wednesday nights. We don't have a a midweek where we all gather up here at the church house and meet together. Uh, We have community groups, so we meet in people's homes uh, throughout the week. It used to just be Wednesday nights, but we have community groups on Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, Sunday nights, um, throughout the week. I think we actually have one that's temporarily meeting on Thursday nights right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So... When we looked at that, our idea was that once kids left the herd or or aged out, graduated and aged out of the herd, that they would just go right into a Bible study uh, community group. But that wasn't the case because of the way we had structured our studies. Right. And so they didn't feel like they could uh, add anything to the discussion or that they fit in in those um, Bible studies. Mm -hmm. So... Kind of explain what we do here. I am the herd team leader. Tyler is a team rep. He's also, uh, I'm on shift every third week. Tyler takes over and teaches for me uh, every third week and sits up there with me and helps me and assist in teaching along with Paul Roberts and and a few others from time to time Mm -hmm. that sit up there and and help teach. So explain what we, kind of how we do things here. Uh, Yeah, well, we just, we meet every Wednesday night. We have... uh supper as a family, right? It's a fan. We still want the family Bible study. You know, we want them to come together with with their families to, to get together and eat and all those kind of things. And then we break up, uh, into the different age groups for, for our herd we have, and we get them together and, uh, we teach the Bible, you know, and we try and get as much, uh, participation as we can in, 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 in the studies. Cause you know that they're actually digging in when actually they have more things to say. Right. You know, right. That kind of thing. So, yeah. And so uh, the way our, our entire Wednesday night is up here, this is our family Bible study that meets at the church on Wednesday night. And we mm-hmm. have cow kids, which is our little bitties, right? Mavericks, which is our third through sixth graders. And then our herd, which is seventh through 12th grade, which is a large age gap. If you really think about it, yeah, 13, 12, 13, all the way to 18, sometimes 19 year olds mm-hmm. uh, are involved in our herd, which does propose some challenges yeah um as far as topics that we may be teaching on or things like that uh we don't shy away from from anything or or very rarely do we shy away from something there may be a topic that we teach (laughs) on where we have to get a parent's permission to teach it or let the parents know hey this is what we're going to be teaching if you don't want your child uh hearing some of these things you know it might be a good time for uh y'all to find uh, temporarily find somewhere else to go. Mm-hmm. But um, several years ago, Tyler was involved in this um, for our Wednesday night Bible studies. We began to break into small groups yeah. and, and ask questions. And at times we'll get away from that and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll meet together. And then at times we'll split up into those small groups. And, yeah. and we do see a lot of fruit from that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Go ahead. Yeah, we we do because the it seems when you get them in smaller groups and it's more intimate that people will open up more, you know, because you get the kids and you got because we'll have like 30, 
30 or 40 kids, mm -hmm. you know, that are, that are coming in or students that, that come in. And when you've got that many sitting in a room, it, it almost feels like a Sunday morning church, you know, where you just well, sit I mean, there. It is, right. It, it is the size of an average church in the United States. Right. I mean, and so, a lot of people see those big mega churches on TV or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And they think, well, this is what church is in the U S when, yeah, Still today, the average size church is 30 to 40 members. Right, exactly. So you're right. I mean, it is a small church or an average church. It is. When we get that many kids. Yeah, and you get them and then the, they're almost taught that you don't say anything, right? Because you don't, you know, that there's the proper order. Uh, but when we're trying to get on Wednesday nights, we're trying to get more of a study and not just listening to a, a sermon. Not a preaching. Right, exactly. Trying to get some more input so that they can open up and, and learn uh, so whenever we found that whenever you do break up into those smaller groups, that there's a, it's very fruitful. Very it fruitful. is. It is. And, and we try to structure a lot of what we do around small groups, even yes. if we do, you know, we're going to talk into this a little bit more when it comes to, uh, the events and things that we do, uh, when we get into this article. But, uh, even when we do retreats, it's mm -hmm. a lot of times those retreats are based around what we do in small groups. Right. And so even at camp, when we take our kids to camp, the kids are broken into small groups and co-mingled with uh, other churches and things of that nature. So we, we try to uh, live around that small group For sure. model um, and that discussion type model. Um, and, and the idea behind that is to prepare students mm -hmm. to be able to go into a community group, right. uh, uh, adult quotations if you're listening to this on podcast quotations an adult bible study mm -hmm. uh where they can go in and they can they can it's like they never changed much you know right, the, the sure. scenery may have changed but the content and what they're asked to do and participate in is the same for sure um so uh that's what we do on wednesday nights how wednesday nights uh operate trying to prep students to be able to go into these community groups. Also, what we saw was this age gap, that 18 to 22 age gap, where they didn't feel like they fit in. They didn't know how to get involved in our church, per right. se. Um, they they were looked at. They felt like they were looked at as young, uh, that they didn't have anything to offer. And so uh, several years back, what we we were talking about this before we started, but 2017, I believe it was. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we started a group called Top Hand, and what that is is the the age range has changed over the years, but mm -hmm. uh, right now it's 16 to 21 year olds um, can apply to be in this Top Hand ministry, and uh, this is trying to bridge that age gap, that right. that gap where um, they don't feel like they fit in in certain areas. This was designed to kind of bridge that age gap, and, it, and it's designed for students that uh, have a have leadership qualities about them. Now, they may not be the one that can stand up and in front of a crowd and teach, or, right, or don't sure. feel led to do that. But um, they have to go through kind of a rigorous process to be a part of it. But mm -hmm. Tyler was actually one of the first students that went through that top hand program yeah. in 2017. And back then it was solely designed around producing Wranglers for camp, which yeah. is like our camp counselors at Cowboy right. Camp. But uh, it was solely designed around producing Wranglers for mm -hmm. camp. And yep. it's kind of grown from that. It has. Uh, it's still part of what we do and what we want to do and what we want to teach, but um, it, it's grown 
a little more than that. Um, yeah, because we want to show that uh, that our younger students, our older students, are the church of today. You know, they're not the church tomorrow, right? So we want to bring them into a place of leadership so that they can help and and do all those other different things and give them more of an outlet to to use the gifts that God has given them. Right. You know. So. Right, and and that's the that's the whole premise behind youth ministry. Uh, in um, our church has been so uh, open to our youth being deeply involved in essentially every aspect yeah. of our church. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've constantly taught that you are, yes, you are the future, but not only are you the future, you are the present right. of the church and, and getting out there and getting involved mm-hmm. in that. So uh, several weeks ago, um, I read an article and I sent it to Tyler and Tyler read through it. Uh, we, we send stuff back and forth from time to time. But uh, who wrote the article? Greg Steyer. Greg Steyer. Yeah. yeah, Greg Steyer. Don't know if we're pronouncing that right. No. But best guess is it's Greg Steyer. And he was talking about youth and particularly mm-hmm. in the United States. And there were some really cool points that he that he pointed out. But uh, he, he talks a little bit about insanity, doesn't he? Yeah, it's the, the old quip that... Um, if you do the same thing over and over and expect a different result, that's insanity. You know, if you, you keep doing the same things like we've seen with youth groups through the states and on through the years, you have the same results of losing the older ones as soon as they age out and they leave church and most of them don't come back. You know, and so why do we keep doing the same things that we've done for all these years that don't really work in, in retaining this and keeping people in their faith? You know? Yeah. And and I'll be honest, you know, when we started changing the way that the that our youth group uh, kind of operated, it's nervous, it's yeah. scary, because it, it it takes uh, all the things that we perceive as fun, and it mm-hmm. doesn't it puts them on the back of the the deal. Yeah, you know, yes, we we will play a game or have some sort of activity uh, beforehand. A lot of times. Uh, sometimes we don't, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes sure. we go, if, if we look down, if me and Tyler look at something like, Hey, I don't think we can cover all this information tonight with a game. We just don't do a game. Right. You yeah. know, it's because we're here to open the word of God and let it and unleash it. Right. You know, yes. we're not, we're not here to play a game and sprinkle God on top of the game mm-hmm. and never, uh, well, I don't want to say never, but really and truly I don't design a game around what the Bible study is. Yeah. Yep. You know, uh, I, I don't design an activity around what the Bible study is. And and we uh, we we may play a game. We may not play a game, but it was nervous. It made me nervous swapping mm-hmm. to that model because yeah. like, OK, what well, they're not going to come back if they're not having fun. Right. You know, if we don't have pizza, games and a band, they're not coming back. Right. You know, and we've we've toyed with a band back and forth a mm-hmm. time or two and and at times it's it's great you know yeah uh worship is always fantastic mm-hmm. but um reading into this guy's article and looking at it it's like man i'm 32 tyler's 22 two. so there's 10 years difference between me and tyler yeah um that youth hasn't changed a whole lot youth groups haven't changed a whole right. lot since mm-hmm. i was a teenager 15 years ago you know 16 years ago it, it and even then, when you look, when I look back, I think, man, 
I left the church for basically four years mm-hmm. and walked away from it. Yeah. Because I, I was that kid. I didn't feel like I fit in anywhere. And yeah. then looking back at it, it's like, man, I had a great youth minister that, that uh, youth pastors, I w- bounced around youth group to youth group. Right. But it was, it's, it's that, that model of youth group that everything is based around the activity, the event, the whatever. And, uh, the gospel is there. It's in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not the forefront. Right. And as believers and teachers of the gospel, the, the gospel is it. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's the main thing. Bringing out the word of God is, is always number one. And all those other things are fun and they're good to do. And everybody enjoys them. I enjoy the games as much as they do. Right. But whenever your focus is not on Christ, and him crucified and his word and, and, and unleashing it, as yeah. you said, then, then you lose your luster, you know? Yeah, you do. And, you know, when you, when you look at, uh, what we're called to do, mm-hmm. uh, our, our great commission in scripture is to go out and make disciples of all nations. Right. Well, discipleship doesn't start when somebody is married and has kids. Yeah. No, you know, it, and, and really and truly for those raised up in the church and things like that, it doesn't start when they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. You know, discipleship is a process. Yeah. Discipleship can start essentially at any age mm-hmm. and can can propagate itself into productive serving Christians. Right. Christ followers. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where we sat down and said, are we making disciples? Mm -hmm. I don't care how many we baptize. Yeah. Yeah. You know, numbers in baptism, uh, you can, you can baptize lots of folks. You can. Yeah. But how many disciples did you make? Right. Exactly. How many people are actually going and continuing in the work? You know, you can tell it's not just about how many people you have in your chairs, but how many people, when something needs to be done, do you have coming to help you? And those kind of things, you know, yeah, and, and looking back, you know, I, I look at how many Wranglers have we have we produced? How many uh, how many yeah. clinicians have we produced? How many? Those are things that you can tangibly look at and say, okay, these are productive Christ followers. Right now, on down the road, mm-hmm. um, like James says, you know, uh, I'll show you by my faith by my works. You know, right. we know that works doesn't have faith. You know, works don't get you faith or into heaven or salvation, but once you have it, you're supposed to go to work. Oh yeah, your you faith know? should produce works. Right. For you sure. know, it, 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 a lot of times we get that backwards. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, you know, I'll work myself into heaven, or I'll work myself into good graces with God, or whatever the case may be. However, you tell yourself that in your mind. Yeah. But in all actuality, it is your faith will produce fruit. Right. That's and right. if you have a fruit tree that's not producing fruit, Scripture says. Yeah. Cut it down and throw it in the fire. Cut it down. <laughs> Jesus went and he found, he saw this fig tree and he asked if it had figs and it didn't. He cursed it and that thing died. Yeah. <laughs> so it just better, just goes to show that when the, when the creator of the fruit tree comes around looking for fruit, it better have some, you know? Uh, and into the, the article, it was talking about different ways that you can do that. And just following Jesus's model in making disciples, uh, Invest in the few is one of the one of the things in the article's heading, and that's that's what we try and do through it all. But we also especially try in the top hand and, that yeah. we we look for people that have that that extra bit of leadership 
or that extra bit of maturity and are willing to jump in and dive in and do more so that we can invest in them and put more into them. Because you can't pour everything into everybody. It, ju- it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, you have to pour into the people that you think are going to do the most with it, right? It's going to be fruitful. Don't, don't cast your pearls to, to swine as it were, you right. know, you look at that. Um, and so you look at Jesus, he had tons of followers, but he had 12 that he picked to pour into mm-hmm. that were going well, to make the gospel go everywhere. Oh yeah. And we see the, we see the fruit of those 12, right? You know, yep. and that's that when you model that after Jesus, not everybody that comes through top hand or through the herd is going to mm-hmm. be Tyler. You know, they're, they're not going to be boomer. They're, right. they're going to be, uh, I, I, a lot of times look for somebody that is a good friend, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, they, they're really, really good one-on-one mm-hmm. and, uh, they, they have very, may even have very few friends, but those few friends are very, very close. Right. Yes. You know, those people that can develop those one-on-one relationships, a lot of times produce more fruit than, uh, mm-hmm. somebody like me or you that, yeah. that gets out and, and has the ability to speak in public or right. the gift of speaking in public or sitting in front of a camera and, and, and talking to the camera, you know, yeah. when we started doing the video announcements and we started doing, uh, now we video these podcasts, we do a lot of things by video. Uh, I thought it would be easier for folks. Mm-hmm. getting folks to come in and sit here. And I'm like, all you got to do is talk to the camera. Yeah. You know, you're not talking to me and you were conversating together, but you're not talking to anybody else. You're talking to the camera. Right. And more people struggle with talking to a camera mm-hmm. than they do a lot of times when they have a prepared presentation and they can talk in front of people. Yeah. And so not everybody's like me and you. Right. Uh, that have that gift. Thank the Lord. But yes. You know, yes. Like yes. you don't need so many people that are big mouths. You, know? yeah. you need some of those to, to go forward in that. But everybody's called to preach the gospel where they are. Correct. And so when you see those people that are really good with connecting one on one, those are the best. Because when somebody is hurting, those are the best people to reach them. When somebody needs help, you're, you're the best person to actually speak into their life. Mm hmm. And it's more intimate and it's closer and it's a whole lot better. Yeah. Yeah. And so, again, another product of what come out of Top Hand was originally, I think we went and I was like, okay, let me find everybody that I think could possibly uh, teach in front of a group of people. Right. You know, uh, and then now, well, a lot of the kids that were, or I say, keep saying kids, but they're not, they're, they're young adults, they are. they're yeah. students, you know, the ones that we're bringing in and we're, we're, uh, discipling now mm-hmm. are that they they may be not a recluse but they may not be as outgoing right. or uh boisterous mm-hmm. if you will as, and introverted as is not a bad thing no you know it's not it's definitely not uh the quieter you are the you know the more things you sink in i spend most of my time talking so it's hard for me to listen mm-hmm. most of the time and it, it's it's a struggle for me to do that but those people that aren't always the loudest yeah. Are those are the ones that I, I usually want their insight. And so whenever I'm teaching those smaller Bible studies that do, those are the ones that I try and, and get more out of because you know they're listening. Right. You know. Right. And and that's one thing too for anybody that's listening that deals with youth, whether you uh cowboy church, not cowboy church, whatever yeah. the case may be, uh find those kids that you don't think are listening. Yeah. And you don't have to call them out in front of the group by no means. But get them off to the side and ask them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those kids will surprise you. Yes. And and yes. It, it 
may rejuvenate you into okay uh let's let's disciple mm-hmm. uh let's truly disciple whether they're you know they may be sitting back there thumbing through their phones um or, or whatever the case may be but invest find ways to invest in those those kids and nathan said it in our last podcast he said you know as a pastor uh his sphere of influence is about a hundred people right you know his yeah. direct sphere that he can disciple to and mm-hmm. And we're kind of taking that approach. Uh, by no means do I have a hundred people yeah. under, you know, basically my sphere, direct sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's probably somewhere around forty, right? Forty yeah. to fifty in those, it, just in those students. Mm-hmm. But if we can take ten to twelve of those students over the course of two years, mm-hmm. and we can disciple to them, and they are confident in their faith. They're confident in opening the word of God. They don't know it cover to cover. Right. But they're confident in opening the word of God and finding the answer mm-hmm. for somebody and them unleashing the word of God. Because a yes. lot of times we try to embellish the word of God. But when you, especially us going through the Old Testament like we are now, yeah. parts of the Old Testament like we are now. Yes. When you open the word of God and you you unleash it, mm-hmm. uh, Hollywood can't make. No. What's in that book? No, God's word does not come back void. Right. Right. God, it's his living word. And and the Holy Spirit works through the preaching of the word. And you send it out there. That's your job is to to preach the word and to disciple those and invest in people to do that so that they can go and do that, too. And it can be discouraging sometimes because you don't maybe not see the fruit in this bit or that bit and new people coming into youth group and other people going out because that happens all the time Mm -hmm. year by year. But God's word does not come back void. It's always going to do its work, you know, 100%, 100%. And through those, when, when you're unleashing it and and I I continue to use that word because we, we, Mm -hmm. we shackle it a lot of times. Yes. You know, we, we shackle God's word and, try to dance around certain things and, and uh, try not to offend anybody, mm-hmm. you know, um, or there are sometimes that I try to offend people. I mean, it's, yeah, just, it's just, true. Just, yeah. You know, yeah. I, it's it, sometimes I get there and I'm like, all right, I, I have found a button uh-huh. and I'm going to push it, yep. you know, but uh, sometimes that's not fruitful. No, you know, divisiveness is never fruitful. You, you preach the word as it is. And if that hurts your feelings, then it's me that needs to change because the Bible is correct. It's the authority I'm not. Right. Uh, but you don't just try to do it. Right. Because if you're just trying to hammer somebody, it you're going to push people You've away. It's them. not going to work. Right. Yeah. And there's no point in that. Yeah. You haven't glorified the kingdom of God by putting somebody Because down. most of the time, whenever we're trying to do that, to get that point across, if we're just trying to hammer on somebody, we're we're more looking at ourselves and how good we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we more become than, a Pharisee for sure. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I hate placing you into the story of the Bible, but we we um, display uh, attributes of the Pharisees. That's a more proper way of putting that. Sure. Yeah, we display yeah. attributes of the Pharisees it's when true. we do things like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, and one more thing I liked uh, in the article, it was talking about train them as you go. Uh, you can look that up in uh, when the when when Jesus sends out the seventy in Luke chapter ten. 
Uh, but it is an as you are going gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just teaching whenever you're here at church. It's whenever you're out and you're like, somebody's got some questions. Well, let, let's go talk about it. You know, all your ministering isn't done here. In fact, most of it shouldn't be done here. Yeah. You know, especially if you're trying to reach unbelievers, mm-hmm. right? Church is not the the place to, to reach unbelievers. It's good if they come, but church is the gathering of God's people to grow and mature in the word so that they can go out. Yeah. You know, so we don't need to, to look at it backwards. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a lot of my, I guess, a lot of my issue with, um, the Sunday morning experience, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, is this is this is a place for God's people to be encouraged. It's a place yep. for God's people to be equipped. It is a place for for the lost. Yes, by all means, it's one hundred percent a place for the lost. But it's it's a place for the equipping and the teaching and the encouraging of God's people for yeah. them to go out and do the work of mm-hmm. the kingdom. Yes, and um, you know so the this the Sunday morning experience to me is is hinders that. Yeah goal mm-hmm. in certain aspects mm-hmm. you know there are certain aspects where it, it's good there but there in a lot of ways it is a concert it is a an experience it, more it, so than an equipping a lot of times it's a cop-out yeah because other believers who do know more just well i invited them to church it's like that's that's not your job yeah you minister to them and the Holy Spirit will start to work on them. They get saved and then they go to church. And yeah, you want them to come along. Absolutely. But inviting somebody to church is not ministering to them. Right. That's inviting them to church. That's inviting them to church. You know, that that's a yeah. good thing. Do that. Absolutely. But that's not ministering to people. Yeah. And that's not your job. It's not discipleship. No, it's not. And so whenever we're equipping people to go out and do, because that's how, that's how we grow. Right. It, it, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I lost my words, but there yeah. you go. Yeah, and that—that's the way we want to be with our with our with our youth. You mm-hmm. know, circling back around is—is yes. is I don't want it to be a Wednesday night experience. Right. I want these kids to be t- these teenagers, <laughs> these young adults, these students. I want them to be a group of people that want to do life together. Yes. You know, and so we may not, uh, you know, our events here, we may do one event that costs money for parents. We may do one event that doesn't cost anything for anybody, you know, yeah. just a fellowship of getting together, playing cards. But mm-hmm. we want them to do life together. Yeah. And we've seen fruit from that. We have we've seen a lot of fruit from that. Um, just in some of the quirkiest ways, uh, you know, but just meeting and, and fellowshipping. Yes. And, and being a community of God's people. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we don't we don't have to take the huge winter retreats or those, mm-hmm. those types of things. We not saying that there's anything wrong with it or that I'm against it. There's definitely fruit that comes from those things. Right. But we see a lot of fruit from doing a weekend retreat just with our kids. Yes. Yeah. You know, a lot more. Just with our kids, uh, going to you know going to the lake or going to mm-hmm. uh, a, a cabin somewhere and just renting it out for two nights. And, and we see tons of fruit that comes out of that. And it gives us an opportunity to number one, challenge our top hand to yep. get more involved and get out there uh, in these small groups and be involved. There challenges our students challenges us mm-hmm. to, to disciple in, in a more intimate uh, place, more intimate setting yeah. long-term, you know, um, we, we just see a lot of growth from that. It's true. It's true. Those uh, 
those things that you wouldn't that don't cost as much and you wouldn't think would have as big an impact a lot of times have more yeah you know the, as much as you spend on it isn't gonna decide the fruit that's going to come out of it yeah you know ju just because you spent more on it or put more time into it or put a lot more into that doesn't mean that it's going to have more fruit sometimes the simplest things can 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 mean the most yeah for sure and uh, uh you know I, we're probably wrapping getting close to wrapping up yeah, here but I, i'll see if you remember this story uh one of the first retreats we took you were in top hand mm -hmm. um we went to uh deer run i believe in spring hill yep um and one of the quirkiest things that i think we did and i thought that i think the kids when they first heard about it teenagers students yes i'm i'm beyond <laughs> trying to correct myself on this but uh was we sent them out said get to where you can't uh touch somebody else mm -hmm. um you know if you want to get to where you can't see somebody else but you need to be in this area and we're going to spend I don't remember what it was, 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, I think so. Alone. Mm -hmm. Whether you're praying, whether you're thinking, just in solitude, get by yourself for just a few minutes. Yes. And we, you know, even me as a kid, I don't remember a lot of times when we didn't have a computer or internet or our phones or, mm -hmm. you know, those, those things to occupy our time. Mm -hmm. But I thought, man, these kids are going to hate this, but I just want to try it. Yeah. And we sent them out and we split up uh, with our um, with our leadership team in Top Hand. Mm -hmm. I think you went actually walked around with me yeah. and we prayed with each kid, each student, kid, whatever, individually. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the fruit that came from that, the conversations yeah. that came from mm -hmm. that, when they actually have a moment to think by themselves, they, they think. Yeah. You know? They, yeah. They put their phones away. We ask them to just put your phone away and just, if you don't want to pray, just sit there. Just enjoy mm -hmm. being outside in nature. And But what we saw was they prayed. Yeah. They dealt with some stuff, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and the Holy Spirit worked through it. The, yeah. And it an wasn't, thing, you know. You know, it wasn't anything we said. It yep. wasn't a song that was played. Uh -huh. It wasn't an invitation. It wasn't anything that we can think of traditionally yeah. within the American church, mm -hmm. it was solitude. Yeah. We gave a time and a place and did like, just, just take a minute. Yeah. And, and the Holy spirit worked through it, you know? Cause and I don't know that we've ever done it since. I don't why? either. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But I, I'm not, you know, I'm not really big on trying to recreate a, yeah. a Holy spirit moment. Right. Yeah. You know, I think, I think we can do that. Too, as humans, I think we do that a lot yeah. as humans. Um, but we, it's a we whole other topic again, for another day. Yeah, but, but we do need to do that because, like, Jesus did it. He did. You know? And so if we see things that the Lord did, then they're profitable. Right. You know? And, like, before Jesus walked on water, the reason the disciples were away from him is because he went up into the mountains to pray. Mm -hmm. You know? And so you see all these different times, the Garden of Gethsemane, when he just went by himself to, to, to pray and all these different things. And so giving them that time and that place and challenging them to do it. Yeah. The Holy spirit can work through, work yeah. through his people. And, and that's, uh, you know, I think a lot of times we, we have the Holy spirit drawn on us, mm -hmm. but we remain so busy yep. that we don't recognize lose it. focus. For we sure. lose focus and we don't recognize it. And, and the Holy spirit will continue. I think the Holy spirit is going to continue to draw and pull and draw and pull yes. until that moment where, okay, 
mm-hmm. su- were submit. Yes, know? for sure. And uh, you know, get, given the opportunity, a lot of times when when we even as adults or whatever, these there's lots of these students that uh, that are um, more knowledgeable and further in their walk with Christ than I was as a teenager, for yeah. sure. Yeah, but. Uh, they uh, we give them those opportunities and the Holy Spirit works on them and we see this movement and this shift and you're like man that was all he needed mm-hmm. just a time to just yeah. a time of solitude yep. for for it to come out but uh, yeah yeah so uh, that's kind of how we do our youth group we bounce back and forth talk about a lot of different things there mm-hmm. but um, uh, I would like to see more youth. Uh, groups within the United States that, uh, especially within the United States, we do things so backwards here. We, we think do. <laughs> we're, we think we're saving the world when you go to a third world country and you're like, man, they got it right. You know, yep. uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you, go, you go to these other countries, you see like, man, they got it right. Not that we have everything wrong, but we do have some things that are a little backwards. For sure. Uh, For sure. And, and Welcome I, to humanity. Humanity, man. <laughs> you, you know, we're blessed with the ability to freely walk in a church on Sunday morning and sit down and worship the Lord. We're free to do it on Wednesday. We're free to do it whenever. And we take advantage, you know, we, we abuse it. Yeah. In some, so many ways. Yeah. Cause a lot of ways, you know, you don't have to work for it. So it's not as important. Yeah. You know, that's, but that's another rabbit hole too. Another rabbit hole. You can hole go for through tons day. of them. Yeah. So, well, if you've stuck around this far, I, I thank you uh, yeah. like I do every time. And, uh, it's been great. Me and Tyler enjoy conversating. We do this, Quite often, yeah, uh, we'll yeah. chase rabbits and think, "Hey, we'll talk about that one day," and then yep. we never bring it back up again. Never but do, but it's fun. It's it's on video now. It's it's captured. It's, there you go. It's there. So, thank you for being with us, Tyler. My pleasure. My uh, pleasure. We'll have you back on real soon. Okay. Uh, enjoyed it. All thank right. y'all for being with us. Thank you.